0: is Probably like a bird size into your eyes, like a bird flies into your song, like a bird flies into your side. Chapter seven I was jealous. I mean Okay, if you ever have to be stuck as an animal, I think being a hawk is the coolest choice of all. But still, I was jealous. My friends were really enjoying being wolves. I guess it was a strange experience for them. I flew above the forests, skimming the treetops, while down below they ran. They moved so fast it wasn't always easy for me to keep up. Not that their actual speed was so great, it's just that they never stopped never rested. They just moved at a constant twenty miles an hour or so. over fallen logs, between trees, under bushes. Nothing even slowed them down. Well, actually, that's not completely true. Two things slowed them down a little. One was Jake. He was the dominant male. In wolf packs, that's called an alpha. So he had a special wolf job to perform. "'Jake, just how many more times are you going to pee?' Rachel demanded after his fifth stop. "'I... I don't know. I kind of have to do it a lot,' he admitted. "'Why? Did you drink too much soda before we left?' "'I don't know,' he admitted. "'I just keep getting this urge to pee.'" "'You're scent marking,' Cassie explained. "'You're marking out a territory.'" "'I am?' Yes, you are. It's normal, for a dominant wolf. At least that's what my wolf book said. Although it's a little gross for the rest of us to have to watch. The other thing that slowed them down was when they stopped once and started to howl. It was Jake who started it. It caught everyone by surprise, including Jake himself. What the... Marco started to say, but then he was doing it too. Cassie and Rachel weren't far behind. I heard the yowling, of course, so I took a quick turn around a tree and headed back to them. What are you people doing? I demanded. We're in a hurry here. You guys can only stay in the morph for two hours. Why are you wasting time howling? I don't know, Jake admitted sheepishly. I just felt like it would be a good idea. Once he started, I kind of felt like I should join in, Rachel said. I think it's a way to warn all the other wolves that we're here, so we don't run into any other packs and get in fights, Cassie suggested which sounded perfectly reasonable, until you saw that Cassie had her head tilted back and her snout pointed at the sky and was yodeling like an idiot. I flapped my wings and broke out from under the trees. The city and the suburbs were far behind me now. We had traveled pretty far in an hour's time. It was about the same time of day as my second sighting of the invisible ship, the time when it had been heading toward the mountains. I swooped back down into the trees. You guys keep moving. I'm going up top to look around. Be careful, Rachel said. I banked left around a tree, then flapped my way back into the sun. I climbed hard and fast, using a lot of energy. The exercise helped distract me. It's hard feeling sorry for yourself when you're working out big time. After a while, I was able to catch a nice thermal and get some easy altitude. I could still see the little wolf pack, moving like it had a single mind, flowing around the trees, swift and sure. I tried to imagine what it must be like to be a wolf. That amazing sense of smell. The incredible hearing. All that confident power. Those dripping teeth. The cool intelligence. Maybe later I would ask Rachel or Jake about it. Then you could ask them what it was like to be human. Maybe they can tell me about that, too. I thought bitterly. Stop it, Tobias, I ordered myself. Stop it. I guess I felt that if I ever started to feel really sorry for myself, I might never stop. I kept a sharp eye out on the sky above, but it was probably still too early for the ship to come. Even if it came, there was no reason to think it kept some kind of schedule. Then, down below, I saw something that caught my attention. There was a convoy of trucks and jeeps moving along a narrow, snaking dirt road. Maybe five vehicles. They had the markings of the park service, but they seemed to be in a big hurry. They drove to a lake I had just glimpsed up ahead. By the shore of the lake, they pulled off the road. Then, to my surprise, several dozen uniform men jumped from the trucks and began to fan out through the woods. They were carrying guns, but not rifles or even pistols. I could see them clearly. They were carrying automatic weapons. Suddenly, movement in the sky. What the? To my left, I spotted a pair of helicopters. They zipped just inches above the trees. They began to circle the lake. These also had park service markings. This is all wrong, I told myself. These guys don't act or move like park rangers. These guys move like an army. And as I watched, half a dozen of the armed men surrounded a small patch of bright yellow. It was a tent. Two people, they looked like college types, were cooking over a little fire outside the tent. I could see the expression of total amazement and fear when they suddenly realized they were surrounded by six men with automatic weapons. The two campers were marched back into the nearest truck and driven away at high speed. I don't know what the story the two campers were told. Maybe the park rangers told them there was a dangerous fugitive in the area, or maybe they said there was a forest fire. I don't know. I just know those two campers were out of there before they knew I hit them. The two choppers circled the lake. Then they landed in a small clearing at the far side of the lake at the same time. It was more than a mile away, far even for my hawk's eyes and the slanting light of the afternoon but I could still see what came out of those helicopters. Out they leapt, one after another. Seven feet tall, the most dangerous-looking creatures you'll ever want to see. Foot-long, razor-sharp blades raked forward from their snake heads. More blades at their elbows, wrists, and knees. Feet like Tyrannosaurus rex. The shock troops of the Yerks. Hork-Bajir warriors. Chapter 8 Hork-Bajir! The first time I'd seen them was at the construction site. I was still fully human then. It was while Visser Three was taunting the fallen Andalite. The five of us had been cowering behind a low wall, A Hork-Bajir had been within a few feet of us. The Andalite told us they had once been a good people, the Hork-Bajir, that despite their fearsome appearances, they were a gentle race but the hork were all controllers now. They all carried the York slug in their brains, and they were no longer gentle. I made a sharp turn back. I had to warn the others. I passed over a group of the park rangers and swooped low enough to read one man's watch. My friends had been in war for more than an hour. Great. Low on time, and the hork are here. I soon spotted the wolf pack, still trotting along resolutely, never tiring pausing only for Jake to pee. I dived toward them. Just over their heads, I pulled up suddenly. They yelped and scampered around. Jake bared his fangs at me. I came to rest on a decaying log. Instantly, as if on command, the others started fanning out around me, encircling me. The five of them were acting like a wolf pack surrounding prey. In their own way, they kind of reminded me of the hork Hey, it's just me, relax, I said. No answer. Jake snarled a brief command at one of the others. Wait a minute, five? Five wolves? Jake, who wasn't really Jake, leapt at me. Whoa. Wolves don't usually hurt humans but they will definitely eat a bird when they're hungry enough. And one thing you don't ever want to see is a hungry wolf, yellowed fangs bared, golden brown eyes glaring, fur bristling, coming at you. I flapped my wings hard. The big male wolf went shooting past. Barely. But the rest were all around me. I flapped again and got airborne, but just a few inches. I was skimming wildly over the pine needle carpet, flapping for all I was worth, with five determined wolves hot on my tail. Swoom! I caught the tiniest headwind, but it was all I needed. I was up, up and out of there, while the wolves yowled and snapped their powerful jaws in frustration below me. Ten minutes later, I found a second wolf pack. This time, I counted. Four wolves. Still, I was cautious. Is that you guys? who else would it be? Marco asked. Don't ask, I said. Look, we have trouble. I flopped down to a low branch and rested my wings. I was still a little shaken up from my close call with the wrong wolves. There's a lake just a little way ahead. It's crawling with park rangers who aren't really park rangers. Yeah, I thought I smelled water, and humans, Cassie said. How do you know they aren't real park rangers? Jake asked. Because real park rangers don't carry machine guns, I said. Plus, they don't hang around with Hork-Bajir. Hork-Bajir? Cassie asked shakily. You're sure? Oh yeah, I said. It's kind of hard to confuse them with anything else. The park rangers are clearing out the area around the lake. They hustled some campers out of there real fast, at gunpoint. Hork-Bajir, Marco said with distaste. I really don't like those guys. Rachel asked, This lake, is it in the same direction as your big invisible ship was moving? It's in a perfectly straight line, I said. Whatever that ship was, I'd bet anything it was heading for that lake. And judging by the way you say these park ranger controllers and hork are acting, it's on its way again, Marco said thoughtfully. I'll tell you one thing, I said. These guys all looked like they'd done this many times before. You know what I mean? Like this was a real common routine. They had it down. We don't have a lot of time left in Morph, Jake said. But it would be a shame to miss the chance to find out what this is all about. I say go for it, Rachel said. You always say go for it, Marco muttered. If just once you would say, hey, let's not do this. It would make me so happy. You have about 40 minutes left, I told them. The lake is about five minutes away. Okay, let's go, but in and out fast, Jake warned. Just enough to see what's going on. They took off with Jake in the lead. Remember, act like wolves. Yeah, so if anyone sees the three little pigs, don't forget to huff and puff, Marco said. I went airborne again, but this time I stayed close by. Park rangers just ahead, I said. Yeah, I can definitely smell them now, Rachel replied. And hear them too. Okay, look, wolves would try to steer clear of humans, Cassie advised. So a little slinking would be perfectly normal. They moved in a cautious circle around the phony rangers, but I could see that the rangers had spotted them. They tensed up then relaxed when they saw it was just a wolf pack minding its own business. I decided to get some altitude. Unfortunately, since there were no convenient thermals, I had to flop my way up. I was a few thousand yards high, able to see my friends in the lake, when I felt its presence again. I looked up. The invisible wave, the slight ripple in the fabric of the sky. It was there. It was moving slowly overhead, even more slowly than before. And then, as I watched, it was invisible no more. Chapter 9 Don't act suspicious or freak, I called down to the others. But look up. Oh my god, Rachel gasped. It's... it's huge, Cassie cried. It was huge, but the word huge doesn't really begin to describe it. Have you ever seen a picture of an oil tanker? Or maybe an aircraft carrier? That's what I mean by huge. Compared to this thing, the biggest jumbo jet ever built was a toy. It was shaped like a manta ray. There was a bulging fat portion in the middle, with swooped curvy wings, one on either side. On top of the wings were huge scoops like air intakes on a fighter jet, but much bigger. You could suck a fleet of buses through those scoops. The only windows were in a small bulge at the top. The bridge, I realized. Focusing on it, I could see the shadowy shapes of the taxons inside. But mostly the ship was just big. Really big. As in, it blocked out the sun it was so big. Suddenly, out from behind the ship, a pair of bug fighters zipped into view. We had seen them before. They are small, for spaceships. You couldn't park one in your garage. But you could land it on your front lawn. They look like metal cockroaches with two serrated spear-like protrusions pointed forward on either side. I have bug fighters up here. I called down to the others, a pair. Who cares about bug fighters? Marco asked. They're nothing compared to that that whale. The bug fighters are circling the lake. I guess they're looking around for trouble. Try not to look like trouble, Jake advised dryly. I did my best to look like a normal, harmless hawk, doing normal hawk things. But the main ship was unbelievably intimidating. I mean, nothing that big should be floating in the air. Suddenly, one of the bug fighters went shooting right past me, low and slow. I could see in the window. Inside was the usual crew, one Hork-Bajir and one Taxon. The taxons are the second most common type of controller. Imagine a very big centipede. Now imagine it even bigger, twice as long as a man. So big around, you couldn't get your arms around it if you wanted to give it a hug. Not that you'd ever want to give it a hug. Taxons are gross, disgusting creatures. Unlike the hork who were enslaved against their will, taxons chose to turn their minds over to the Yurk parasites. They are allies of the Yurks. I don't know why, and I probably don't want to. The bugfighter shot past, not interested in me. The huge main ship sank slowly down toward the surface of the lake. Are you guys seeing this? It looks like it's going to land on the lake. Are we seeing it? No. We've totally missed the fact that a spaceship the size of a Delaware is hovering in midair. Marco, of course. It's incredible. Rachel said. Incredible. You know, I hate to be a pessimist, Marco said. But when I look at that thing, I get a bad feeling about our chances. Four hounds and a bird versus a ship the size of Idaho. A minute ago, it was just the size of Delaware, Cassie pointed out mildly. What's it doing here? That's what I want to know, Jake said. They had reached the shore of the lake and were prowling along, looking like wolves should look. But they were also glancing regularly up at the massive ship. I worried a little that some controller, human or hork would notice that they were paying a little too much attention. You guys, watch how you act. The Yurks will be looking for any animals that act strangely, I said. They're on the lookout for Andalites who can morph. He's right. Marco agreed. Jake, start peeing on things again. Very funny, Jake said. Then something began to happen. Hey, look! From the belly of the ship, a pipe began to lower into the water, then a second pipe, and a third. They're like straws, Cassie said. They're drinking! I could hear the sucking sound. Thousands, maybe millions of gallons of water being sucked up into the ship. That's why it's so big, Marco said. He laughed. Well, well, well. What do we know? We have just discovered that Yurks have a great big weakness. A weakness? Rachel demanded. You can look at that ship and talk about weaknesses? But I understood what Marco meant. It means they need something, I said. Exactly, Marco said. Those big scoops on the side? I think they're for air. That's why they fly so far through the atmosphere when they come down. They're scooping up oxygen, and now they're sucking up water. It's a truck, Cassie cried. The whole huge ship is really just a truck. Yeah, I said. It carries air and water up to the Yurk mothership in orbit. I guess they need Earth to supply them. So, it's not like Star Trek, where they can just make their own air and water, Marco mused. As long as they are up there in orbit, the Yergs need the planet to supply them with air and water. Well, well, I think that's the first hopeful sign yet. We're running low on time, Cassie reminded everyone. Time to get out of here. Okay, but everyone be cool about it, Jake advised. We act like we're just sauntering off to go kill a moose or whatever it is wolves we'll saunter off to do. They drifted back from the shore of the lake. I stayed behind. I no longer have a time limit to worry about. The Yorkshoe was creating a warm updraft, so I spread my wings wide and rode it up. The two bugfires were still circling low and slow. On the shore, all around the lake, the bogus park rangers and the few horkvagir kept up their patrols. Then I saw her. I know to human eyes, every hawk looks pretty much alike. But I knew, right away, it was her. The hawk I had freed from the car dealer. She, too, was riding the thermal, a thousand yards higher than me. Without even really thinking about it, I adjusted the angle of my wings and soared up to her. She saw me. I was sure of that. Hawks don't miss much of what goes on around them. She knew I was coming toward her. And she waited. It wasn't even like we were friends. Hawks don't know what friend means, and she certainly didn't feel any gratitude toward me for saving her from captivity. Hawks don't have that sort of emotion either. In fact, in her mind, there may have been no connection between me and her freedom. Still, I soared up to her. I don't know why. I really don't. All we shared was the same outer body. We both had wings, we both had talons, we both had feathers. Suddenly, I was afraid. I was afraid of her. And it was insane because there I was, floating above an alien spaceship so big it could have been turned into a mall. But it was the hawk that frightened me. Or maybe not the hawk herself. Maybe it was the feeling I had, rising up to meet her in the sky. The feeling of recognition the feeling of going home, the feeling that I belonged with her. It hit me in a wave of disgust and horror. No. No! I was Tobias. A human. A human being, not a bird. I banked sharply away from her. I was human. I was a boy named Tobias. A boy with blond hair that was always a mess. A boy with human friends. Human interests a part of me kept saying, it's a lie, it's a lie, you are the hawk, the hawk is you, and Tobias is dead. I plummeted toward the ground, I folded my wings back and welcomed the sheer speed, faster, faster. Then, with eyes that Tobias never had, I saw the wolf pack below, and I saw the danger before them. Hey, Phantomorphs, Thanks for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Audio... Audit, auditory Audio Experience? Uh, thanks for listening to this chapter. Episode of chapters. I'm kind of sleepy. It's my bedtime, so I'm just going to plow right through this. Um, You can hit listen to more of this podcast at audiomorphs.podbean.com, and also on iTunes now. Head over there. Give us a review. Give us a... Subscribe, like, all the ratings, all all the good stuff that boosts, you know, the things you're supposed to do for podcasts on iTunes, I don't know. Uh, If you want to get in contact with me, you can reach me at audiomorphscast.tumblr.com and audiomorphscast at gmail.com. Alright, I'm going to go to bed now. Good night, and I'll see you all next week. My name is Daniel. And I know one day, the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.